Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host Jim Nettles and this week we are talking about Cleveland Superman and the celebration of all things Cleveland and Superman. I'm joined this week by Dr. Valentino Zulo. Thanks for coming in and joining me this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. Um, so why don't we talk a little bit about what you guys are doing? Um, you you know, an entire couple of months here. Instead of a lot of the time we do conferences, things like this, this is a, a you know, a multi-month celebration. And so let's talk a little bit about what you guys are up to and doing. Yeah. So from September 6th through November 2nd, we are uh we have I think it's about 27 programs across the city. Um, that will take place in um, places from the one of the Jewish temples to the comic shop to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the lo- the Cleveland Museum of Art, our local coffee shops, and other places. We um, we are doing this in honor of Superman's 85th anniversary, and um, it was not supposed to be two months. <laughs> if you can, if you know, uh, we originally planned for a much smaller event that then became like a a, a month long event that went to six weeks and then two months and might. One of my, uh, well, my co-director, Don Boozer, who is the manager of the literature department at Cleveland Public Library, um, he often jokes that he had to stop me from <laughs> adding more events. Um, but I think it's, but I, I I think you're right. Usually we do like a conference for like a weekend or at, at most a week, but it worked out well because it allowed a lot of partners to get involved. And I think it speaks to the desire to highlight Superman in Cleveland, to celebrate Superman in Cleveland. Um, This is the first citywide celebration of Superman in 35 years. Um, And a lot of the organizations like the Art Museum, like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, all wanted to be involved just because, you know, there hasn't been a big celebration, though, you know, we all sort of are indebted to Superman in many ways in Cleveland. I mean, he's sort of just a part of our our everyday life. Um, and so that's sort of what, what we're doing. And I think it's nice that we have a lot of local events that allowed having a bigger event, allowed us to have a lot of local events in different spaces, highlighting literally the Cleveland, you know, Superman's Cleveland, the Cleveland that made Superman um, in places like Cleveland Public Library, in places like Glenville, um, that's where we're going. We're going to the places that Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster were, or places that you know are linked to their to their legacy. Like I said, like the temple or um, some other locations that we're at. But it should be fun. It's it's tiring. I think we're on event six today. We got twenty one more to go. Not that I'm counting. <laughs> I, you know, having done and run and built a lot of events, there's that thing of it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yes, it did. <laughs> but yeah. then when it's over, you look at it and you go, okay, wow, what you know, well, what all we got to do. And I think one of the things that you know, we often look at the memes and how Superman has changed over 85 years. You know, Superman we often see as being that big reflection of what we want american culture to be basically mm-hmm. you know we this is this is about hope this is about trying to 
really come in. And that's that's one of those things that, that Superman was one of the first heroes I got raised on. Um, Superman and Batman. Um, yeah. Granted, I probably fell a little bit more into that Batman sort of sort of because <laughs> he had fun. Yeah, that makes two but, of us. <laughs> um, but that idea of hope. I mean, I remember being a little kid and going and seeing Christopher Reeve in the theater and actually going and seeing that movie. And that really set up Superman for me. You know, it's it's, it's like your first doctor. It's who, who's your first Superman? Um, yeah. What... Who was it for you? And what's the importance for you of Superman? Not just beyond Cleveland, but just for you. So I know. So I, I would say the first Superman, my introduction to Superman was, was um, the, the cartoons. Um, it was super friends. I just, you know, it was, it was super friends. It was on cartoon network or something like that. And that was my first um, sort of, introduction to many of the justice league characters right the wonder woman batman um superman um the the wonder twins who i do who i think fondly of i think and mark russell did a good uh story with them a couple years ago he did like a 12 issue story that i liked um that was my introduction and then i distinctly remember going to our public library and getting a vhs tape of I want to, I cannot remember if it was Superman three or four. I don't, I know those are not where you're supposed to start, but I remember I'm, I'm, I'm about six at the time. Cause I know where we were living. We would move when we were, when I was eight. So I know I was probably about six, maybe seven at the time and I got it and I loved it. And I, I don't know that I've, I've rewatched three and four since then, but it didn't matter to me. It was the one, it was the VHS tape and um to a kid, um, I mean, Christopher Reeve is amazing. Even if the story the story doesn't make sense to an adult, and and so I I hard and I think I hardly cared at six about the story. But Christopher Reeve just compelled me, like as a kid. And so I went from the cartoon to Christopher Reeve, and then the one that I have the strongest memory with is when I was younger was um is Brandon Routh as mm. uh, in Superman Returns. Um, that one I was a uh, I was at an age that like that I remember going. I remember actually wanting to go to the theater. I must have been. 12 or 13 at that point. So uh, Brandon Routh is the one that sort of is, is the one that I have the strongest memory with, but it was, it was the cartoons that compelled me to Superman. Yeah. And I grew up, you know, again, I grew up with those cartoons, the first run, yeah. you know, the, the fun, uh, you know, super friends of the seventies and eighties and, and all the rest of that. So, but it, I think that looking at, just kind of that history of how Superman is for so many of us, that, that anchor, that hero, that mm -hmm. one that, that stands up. And I think that this is, you know, knowing the history, knowing the cultural con connection there is to Cleveland. Um, so why, but why does this really fall as important to you? Because again, when we're trying to put on events, we're trying to put these sorts of things together. The reason we, we, we let things grow and we help to grow them like this is because they're important to us right it's not just the okay it seemed like a fun idea at the time it's yeah. there's an importance yeah um yeah and i can um i mean that's that's an easy one for me so um for me superman represents uh, superman is a representation of the of the immigrant story and perhaps one of the best representations of the immigrant story and that's important to me um both of my parents are immigrants um, and I 
you know, I'm, I'm certainly not Superman, but, you know, I think like I, I recognize um, having been born here in the U.S. and both my parents coming from other parts of the world, my mother from Iran, my father from Italy, my mother left a revolution in Iran, my father left uh, the economic downturn in Italy in the 70s. And they came here and found opportunity. And I like to say that I like I actually got to live the American dream. I mean, my parents were, you know, came here with nothing. And I went on to, um, you know, I went on to get a doctorate and I teach at a, you know, I teach, a, I, I use the public education system. I went to public universities. Um, I teach. I, I also um, spend a lot of time volunteering at our public libraries just because that's how I learned English. English was not my first language. Um, Italian was, it's not that my, my parents um, speak English, but they taught me Italian first. And I would say it was being in the library systems that, um, you know, really, and reading comics <laughs> that taught me English. And so um, I, to me, like I see, it resonates so much with, with my story and the importance of that and understanding, you know, that um, Superman is an immigrant and he comes here and he makes our world better. And I think that I want to remember that. And I, that's one of the one of the many things I want to highlight. There's a lot in the Superman story, but that's the thing that touches me is that um, I like to think, you know, I, I I was raised by the system of, like I said, like public education. I used all of it. You know, the I live the American dream and I like to give back as a teacher. Um, I'm also a social. I was also trained as a social worker, which um, I do less of now, but I try to give back in that way. And I think that there that that's also Superman's story. And so that's one answer. I have about 10 more, but <laughs> that's good enough. <laughs> So why don't we talk about the the cultural history and the the foundations of Superman lore in Cleveland, um, and then we'll talk about the conference itself. So, yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, one of the I mean the the thing that's super interesting um, here is that right. I mean, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster are um, you know they they're they are the children of immigrants as well. And they come here and they start and they, they do, they, Siegel's family comes directly here. Schuster's family first goes to Canada, but they come here and they, you know, they're in Glenville. And what, what's super interesting is that that story, that Glenville story, that immigrant narrative will so much define their, their comics. I think it's all, it's all over the comics and they will incorporate Cleveland so much into the story. And I think, it's Brad Rika who says that, you know, there's something about Cleveland. Maybe it's the gloomy skies that we have so often or something, or something else about it. But there's something that sort of asks us to look up into the sky. And it's Depression era Cleveland, which is, you know, a very sad period. But there's a, but the beauty is, and I think this comes out in the character too, is their own tenacity, right? Like they, they, they spend so much time trying to get this character right. And I think that that comes out in the character's own determination too. So much of their own, meaning Siegel and Schuster's own, um, you know, characteristics come out in Superman. That dedication, that that tenacity, that that hope. Um, as you you know, you mentioned before the hope, and I think that they hold on to that so much. And they, you know, they ground Superman in sort of a Midwestern um, identity, which I think is. Which, I mean, having grown up in the Midwest my whole life, I again I identify with something like that. Um, and I, they do that in the sense, too, of not just, you know, Superman's from Kansas, but, you know, highlighting local journalism, uh, which is so important to, uh, you know, which has defined many, um, you know, 
I think for a lot for for many local small towns that that is a um, has been historically a good part of their economy is the local journalism the the role that the reporters would play I think that's all shifted now but that was such an important part is the journalists in the in the town were were important figures and they really highlight that and I think that comes out in Clark Kent's story that here you have Superman all powerful. Um, or, you know, super powerful, rather. <laughs> um, and he uh, he recognizes the power of local journalism. And that comes out a lot in the early Siegel and Schuster stories, I think. Especially there's one, I believe it's issue 10, where Superman um, goes to prison to take photographs of the abuse of prisoners and recognizes that, that just beating up the bad guy isn't enough, that he needs to document the the uh the abuses that are going on as as a reporter as Clark Kent that sometimes there's things that the reporters can do that even a superman can't uh achieve and so part of them i think all of that comes from the recognition of um the recognition of journalism and other and sort of their own history um having grown up in midwestern city um uh at the time a much bigger city it's a smaller city now <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about the conference. You know, who yeah. are some of the presenters? What are some of the the upcoming presentations? Yeah, so um, Mark Wade will be coming on um, October 14th, and that's going to be a lot of fun. He's going to, on um, the day before, on October 13th, he's going to be doing trivia at Carol and John's Comics, which is a local comic shop. Um, he is known for doing trivia, and he's supposedly great at it. Um, the comic shop guys keep saying they're going to get slaughtered by him. And so we have we have two teams of people. So we have Mike San Giacomo, who is a local reporter for The Plain Dealer, and he started the first syndicated comics column in the United States in 1993. Um, he has a team of two. Um, and then John Dudas, who owns Carol and John's Comics, he has a team of two of his shop members that are going to be with him. And it's going to be those two teams versus Mark Wade because they need six people to go up against Mark Wade on trivia. Um, and they still think they're not going to win, which I think is just going to be fun. I've been inviting people, even if they're not interested in comics, I've been saying, I was like, listen, this is like a, this is like a sports match. This is like, you know, I guess in, in for us in Cleveland, be like Browns versus Steelers. Right. I was like, this is like, this is going to be a big deal. Um, and so I think it's going to be a great event. Um, and then the next day, Mark Wade will be speaking at Cleveland Public Library um, with Brad Rico, who wrote Superboys, um, the, the story of Jerry Siegel and Joe Shooter. Um, October 21st, Sina Grace, who has a book coming out on October 3rd called Superman Harvests of Youth, uh, will be the artist in the atrium at the Cleveland Museum of Art. So it'll be a cool like artist in residence kind of uh, event and he'll be drawing with kids and families and he'll be um, like giving away some of this giving away some sketchbooks and other things so that's going to be great I'm really looking forward to that um, and then I think the other one I'd like to highlight another weekend event especially for out-of-towners that want to come um, on October 28th uh, Sarah Sarah Kuhn who wrote Lois Lane Girl Taking Over um, will be at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, followed by uh, a live interview with Laura Siegel, Jerry Siegel's daughter. Um, and so that'll be a fun event at the Rock Hall. Um, and so, I mean, it's great. We'll be in the Rock Hall. Laura Siegel will be there. And uh, again, I think sort of uh, just highlighting the Cleveland aspect of this, 
we wanted to bring Laura Siegel because honestly, it's the closest we're going to get to Jerry Siegel at this point. Um, you know, it, we are, she still has plenty of stories that have not been told or have not been documented. And we really want to highlight the creators. And she, she did spend part of her life in Cleveland very early on. And we wanted, we wanted her to come back to just share with us some stories about her dad um, and her, and her mom as well. But so she'll be coming on October 28th to the Rock Hall and telling us some stories about um, her parents. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that's always fun is is to hear sometimes the family stories about the creators, right? Because one of the things I often talk about is, you know, it used to be you, you only got to find out about the creators, maybe a little blurb, a little bio here or there, something like that. In, in the modern age of social media and all the stuff that we do, um, you know, part of the stuff that we do with Continual is you get to know to some extent all the different creators that that we work with. You get to find out who this person is, what kind of sense of humor they have, all these, these sorts of things. And I think that it really gets important to know who it is behind some of these creations, right? Absolutely. Is, because that's how you get to find out why some of these stories are important. I mean, as we look over time, I mean, over 85 years, there've been a lot of artists that have worked on Superman. There've been a lot of writers that have worked on Superman over the years that have told their takes and their stories around this character. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that is always when you're working in somebody else's IP, it's always a little bit of a challenge to make sure that you get to tell your view, your take on the story and on the character, but at the same time, keep up that, that legacy, that history, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, because again, for any character that's been around for 85 years, that is this much of a reflection of culture at the time when the story gets told, right? This is going back to that idea of being a reporter, being that voice of truth. And I think this is one of those things that having had some mis misspent youth in media um, and some since then too, that idea of being both the voice of truth as the person, as well as the superhero that can then go, defend justice and, and everything else we see in Superman lore. I think it's important to know who created them and why, and, you know, the immigrant story is a big part of it because, you know, like you, like you mentioned, these are all things that are really critical and they were critical to the period of time, as you mentioned, the depression era, when the hero was created because it, the hero was created for the time that he was needed. That's, that's often what we see. And so I think it's great that you're getting some of these stories still about, you know, uh, about how they, you know, how they lived, who were these people and the influence that their work has now had for this long period of time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think the getting to know the creators is so important. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think I've mentioned this on the video yet, but I'm, I'm an English professor at, at Ursuline College, um, and we have a we have what we're part of. I'm part of what we call a Rust Belt Humanities Lab, and it's it's a metaphorical lab. There's no lab in the humanities, right? The whole world is our lab. That's that's so. But it is that we have a sort of this Rust Belt Humanities Lab, and we are thinking about. We want to know about the history of these creators to so listen to their stories, and um, it impacts us because I think, as you're saying, the create the characters were created in the moment they were needed. Well, I and I think they're also revised 
um, for moments when they're needed, right? Like characters get revised in different ways. And um, I think it speaks to something I really I like to point to in comics a lot is that I often say that if, if journalism is the first draft of history, comics is the second. Um, and I think that comics, because of their, their the way they're produced so quickly, um, do tell the story of history before novelists, filmmakers, um, and then historians, of course. Um, the best example I can give of this is, I mean, Superman is one great example, but um, um, the EC comics of the 1950s that Art Spiegelman points to were, as he calls them, a secular response to the Holocaust, um, did document the Holocaust way before novels would. Um, you know, most of us of a certain age um, read Number of the Stars or Eli Wiesel's Night or some other novel about the Holocaust, John Hersey's The Wall, um, you know, in, in school. But prior to um, the publication of, of all these novels and memoirs on the Holocaust, it was the EC Comics of the 1950s. It was, you know, um, Bernie Krigstein and Jack Kamen and Al Feldstein and of course, Bill Gaines that were documenting the Holocaust. And so that's just one, I think it's the most obvious example, but I would say for a lot of us, it's um, it it's sometimes it's the first draft of history. I learned about the, um, um, the IRA in Ireland from a Spider-Man comic. I think it was Web of Spider-Man, maybe nine or 10, I don't remember. I mean, I let, you know, it's their drafts of history, which is super interesting. Um, and I think that that speaks to the power of them, but also it speaks to what the creators were interested in, because obviously, like any historian, they leave stuff out because, you know, uh, what I mean by that is I'm not, not claiming there's some conspiracy with historians, but historians have to focus on something, right? Same thing that artists do. They focus on what interests them, what's in front of them. That And leaving something out doesn't, it means, like comics, they amplify certain stories and we just can't tell every story. Not every, you know, that's why we we, we need more stories. But, um, and so I just, to that, to all to say that, yes, I think that, you know, getting to know the creators, understanding why they're interested in certain things, what aspects of history, whether it's personal, political, global, whatever it is, influences them, is hugely important to understanding how to contextualize the stories. And, and it, I think you're 100% right. I mean, I looking at eras of creators, looking at eras of storytellers. But I don't think people know how fast comics move compared right. to just about every other medium. I mean, yeah. really, the yeah. only other thing that moves any faster than comics really is the news. Yeah. Um, yeah. And consider the fact that there is both art and scripted, you know, and scripted language to create stuff moving that quickly, um, yeah, it allows you to almost run real time. Um, yeah, you know, because a lot of the time, again, I don't think people know how quickly. Yeah, you might have a plan for an arc for mm -hmm. the next couple of years, but I mean, those arcs change all the time. The details in them, the the things that happen to reflect the events of the time. I mean, that, that's one of those things I think that is really an interesting thing about comics is that you can do a lot very quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the downside of it too is, or it takes budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, but I mean, you get to get, I think that visual representation to the story is often one of those things that, I mean, I remember when I was a kid growing up, we had comic tracks in the store and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, 
looking at that idea of comics as being a throwaway and now we look at how they get valued as assets how they get valued as story how they're really valued as historical artifacts that that tell the story of the period i think is has always been one of those things that that has kind of grown on me over the years yeah yeah just going back to and that, looking. i would say just to that point just quickly i wanted to say that um i often refer to like i think superman and action comics being now 85 Action Comics being 85 years old and Superman's as the character 85 years old, um, I often say it's one of the greatest untapped archives of American history. I don't think we think about it that way very often, but I do think that it is an untapped archive of American history. And certain people have dipped in. Um, of course, as I mentioned, Brad Rica, um, Dennis Dooley has one of the first academic books on on Superman, um, Roy Schwartz, Ian Gordon. I mean, we can name these people like on like on really one hand, maybe two hands that people have written books um historical or or critical like as in um academic books on superman um there's very few of them and i think like it's just it's it's a great untapped archive that i think we'll have plenty of work to do with in the future so look and again i think kind of going back to creators so you know we've got jerry siegel we've got joe schuessler with those two and telling the story basically of cleveland right how much of Cleveland really is Metropolis? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good question. Oh, I um that is not a question I expected. How much of Cleveland is really Metropolis? Um I so okay, so the concrete answer is that uh, the early sketches of it of what would become sort of metropolis are um as i understand from the other historians that have worked on this that um the uh the images are of actually cleveland um i think i will and this is i think unfortunate i think that a lot of cleveland is not in the stories anymore i think in the siegel and schuster era they are i mean by image but also literally, I think some of the um, locations they're going to, I mean, they mention Cleveland, they go to places that are clearly Cleveland. But I think um, it's one of the things that I lament is that clearly um, Superman is no longer in Cleveland in, in the comics. That's okay. I mean, he doesn't have to always be in Cleveland, but um, one of the, but I would say that um, I think it's a, it's a sad thing about the comics that there's not much, Cleveland and Metropolis. I think it's a missed opportunity, though. I will say, um, I think what's interesting is when characters, um, especially characters that um, represent um, marginalized groups, sometimes will end up in new cities. Um, and I think that this could be an opportunity like for him to go back to Cleveland. Um, to give a specific example, um, you know, Miss Marvel set in New in Jersey City, right? Um, I like. I think it's so interesting when sometimes, and this, they allow for this with marginalized um, voices sometimes that they can go to other cities. Miles Morales is in Brooklyn, right? I mean, Peter Parker is in Soho, but Miles Morales is in Brooklyn, and I think it's an interesting moment where you they could lean into that and highlight some of the the immigrant history, the Jewish history, if he came back to Cleveland or another city. But I understand that I'm. I'm giving examples from Marvel who uses real real life cities and, and DC doesn't so often, but they could make Cle they could make Metropolis a little more Cleveland or they could he could go to a new city for a little while and make it Cleveland. Um but I would say in the Siegel and Schuster societies for sure Cleveland's there. You see it in the drawings, you see it in the spaces they're going. I think right now it's 
it's basically New York, but you know, we can't say that. <laughs> Everything's either New York or Chicago. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I mean, that's where um, I remember the, um, Oh gosh, is it Paul Kupperberg that writes um, with Carmen Infantino? They do a Supergirl series in the eighties, and and Supergirl goes to study psychology in Chicago. I think in that series, it's a the read. Um, it's a fun series, and also just read. You should look at it just for the the Carmine Infantino art. I mean, he's such a his art is stunning, and he did some great stuff with um, Supergirl. I think he did it right after he was drawing um, Spider Woman with. Uh, I think it was Grunewald. I, I also I, I also sometimes don't know how to say these people's names because we don't they don't they're not on TV, right? So I just sort of like guess that this is how to say these people's names. Um but yeah, I mean I think yeah, it's either New York or Chicago. And I was surprised DC actually let it be Chicago. Usually they don't like name other cities, but in that in that nineteen eighty uh Kupperberg series, uh Supergirl actually goes to Chicago and she goes to study psychology. Got about that. Yeah, I was actually in Chicago about a week and a half ago and um, was standing in front of the Trib, you know, building with the nice big, mm. uh, with the nice big uh, globe on top of it and all of that <laughs> kind of stuff. And it's like, mm, yeah. okay, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit more just about Chicago. I mean, uh, Chicago, about Cleveland. Yeah, you know, Chicago. <laughs> we can um, talk about Chicago. No, I, yeah. <laughs> talk about Chicago. Um, so Cleveland, how, you know, it's been a it's been a number of years since I've been. It sounds like everybody across town wanted to be a part of this. You know, the Rock and Roll yeah. Museum. Every, you know, everybody wants a, wanted a piece of this. So how how you know how is the city embracing the event? Because it sounds like if you're coming in for the event, you're going to be embraced by the city as well. Yeah, so um one so our partners, like I said, are so I'm I'm at Ursuline College, which is a small Catholic college, historic it's a historically women's college run by continue to be run by nuns. And so we partnered with Cleveland Public Library, which is one of the best libraries in the in the country. Um and we also are working with Cleveland Reads, which is an initiative of the mayor of Cleveland. So, I mean, right on the front, like our sort of our main partners, one of them is Cleveland Reads. And so we have the support of the mayor. Um, and so the city is very interested in this and they want to be involved. And you are being embraced by the city. A lot of our um, partners, some of them are like not doing events necessarily, but they're they're partnering with us just to highlight as like, you know, giving us promotion other stuff that to highlight some of the stuff they have established at their spaces. For example, the Maltz Museum of Jewish Heritage. Um, they're not hosting an event, but they have a standing uh, section of their museum dedicated to Superman. And so they're promoting our events and we're also highlighting them in our on our website saying like, you know, if you come to Cleveland and between events, you know, check out the the Maltz Museum, go to the Siegel House. You can go to see Superman at the airport. And um, there's a standing exhibit at the Cleveland Public Library. So um, both in terms of actual events, but also like you have locations you can go to around the city to celebrate Superman. And I think it's been great. Like I said, like the mayor has supported this um, through Cle through the Cleveland Reads program. Tomorrow we'll be at the West Side Market. Um, which is the one of it's the oldest public market in Cleveland. And the mayor has given 10,000 books to give away at the market 
um, through the Cleveland Reads program. Um, our local comic shop, our representative John Dudas from the comic shop will be coming. Uh, Literary Cleveland will be uh, doing some work. Then they got us like 10 hand painted signs that say like fresh, um, like fresh literature here or something. Like that. It's, it's sort of fun. Uh, so we're taking over the, the stalls in the, um, in the, in the food and uh, the fruit and vegetable atrium. And so we're like doing comics making there and, and other things. And that's all just because, um, I mean, it's a, it's owned by the city and the city let us use that space for, for a day to make comics and to sign. And Dan Gorman, who did our poster will be signing. Um, so yeah, I mean, you're really getting embraced by the city, whether, whatever you decide to do, um, it will be somewhere, you'll get to see a part of the city or you can see a lot of the city. And that was a goal. Um, we have a problem in Cleveland in that like we have this east side, west side divide. And so we tried to make sure that we do not, we did not like, you know, do everything on one side of the city. You, it spans, you know, the whole city um, from, like I said, the Jewish temple is on the far east side. The comic shop is the far west side. We have some stuff in the central, um, what we call Ohio City, which is like sort of the center of Cleveland, um, but all over. And so you really get to see the city, whatever you do. And that was our goal, I think. Um, how do I put this other than, you know, we didn't want to, I think it's a fear more for me as an academic, probably not fear for, for others, but I didn't want to take Superman away and like put him up in sort of like, you know, our, you know, in our audit, like in an auditorium, like on a college campus. And we're all going to sit there and talk about Superman and then say like, isn't this great Superman's from Cleveland? We wanted the city to be as much a part of these events as possible. And so we tried to find different locations for everything. And, everybody was excited every time i went up to somebody i was like hey you know rock hall i said you know hey do you want to be part of this and i was like you know i i can't pay for the space so i was like i can pay you know you know but you know we have these speakers coming would you want to host them they're like yeah i was they're like you know we'll we'll give you the space for free we'll give you everything for free just you know just you know so it was great um we got a small grant from the ohio humanities council and um that we then used that money to bring in our speakers and we've been a lot of it's been donation from from other spaces they're like you know donating staff time donating um i mean volunteering themselves and so it's definitely been a great citywide program how many people that are you working with you discovered are, are you know very much superman fans and just wanted to be part of it just because they were their fans um I'll, I'll, everybody <laughs> so um you know i don't realize it uh, rock hole's a good example so i wrote to them on a whim um one one night i wrote to the uh president of the rock hall not i don't i didn't know him i just was like hey you know we're doing this superman thing he wrote back next morning he's like yeah he's like let me get you in touch with my uh vp of of um education who i find out um uh, is super into comics um he um, he was hired by, and I cannot remember, I'm blanking on the name now, but the former president of the Rock Hall was the president of Marvel. It's not Bob Harris. It was somebody else. Um, yeah. It was before Harris. Um, obviously, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it, it wouldn't have been Harris, obviously. But so it was somebody else that I can't remember. But um, so Jason um, Siegel, who's the VP of education, said he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, you know, I've. And of course, he's like, I keep up with action comics. I, I didn't know. So many people I found out are comics fans, um, Superman fans in particular. And, and um, you know, I was thinking going into this, not that it would be an uphill 
trek, but I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll have to persuade some people like, okay, you know, that we're doing this. I haven't had to persuade anybody. I say Superman and they're all like, great. What day do you want to do it? <laughs> so what's the one thing that you're most looking forward to actually seeing that's left since you guys are already pretty yeah. well in the process? What's the number one thing that you can't wait to get to? So for me, it's always, I've been working with Cleveland Public Library for 10 years, and a lot of our events are variations on things we've done before, book clubs, book signings, comics making, stuff like that. I think the what always interests me is when it's something we've never done before. I would say taking over part of the West Side Market is like totally new. I don't know what it's going to be like. That's fun for me. Um, also, um, I've, I've mentioned the rock hall that's new. I've never worked with them before. And so again, it's exciting for me when it's new. I know, like I, you know, I know how a book club is going to go. I know how like a, an author talk is going to go to an extent. I mean, I love, I, I love it, but it's always like, I always want to see like, can we, can we try something new? Can we try a new, a new program? Um, and to that point, the trivia, the trivia with Mark Wade, like we've never done that before. Um, that will be exciting. I always like just adding in these new elements. So I'm like, okay, how do I, how do I organize this? How do we switch it up to keep things interesting? Not only for you know, the people attending, but also for me. Um, I would say it's the, it's the, it's the new things that I'm excited most about. Well, just remember the author signings. They are more afraid of you than you are of them. So oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had, um, you know, I was, I will admit I was terrified. So I had um, dinner with Philip Kennedy Johnson last night, not not just me and him, but uh, there were a few of us that had dinner with him last night because he's going to be speaking this morning or this afternoon. And um, I was terrified of him. And we, you know, we had we had great fun. Uh, we were chatting about video games. And I find out that his nine year old son and I have the same taste in video games. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's uh, if you're if you're wondering what it is, it's uh, we were talking about Zelda, uh, the uh, Tears of the Kingdom and and some of the Mario games. So, um, you know, I think uh, so we were like chatting about stuff like that. And so he's great. I was terrified though. I was like, gosh, I was like, this guy writes action comics. What am I going to say to him? And we're talking about video games and I'm waxing poetic about Chris Claremont's X-Men because he was just asking me about like, you know, who have you met that you really like and you've had some good times with? And I was like, Claremont for sure. Like he's been, he's fantastic. Um, so we were, we just chatted um and he's super nice. I would say, I mean, everybody is, and he was, but um, definitely I get, I get scared and I have to remember that. <laughs> so anything else you think everybody needs to know before they come to town? Um, I feel like I've, I, I feel like I've shared a lot, but um, I think the only thing I haven't is that, you know, go to supermanscleveland.com. I think I haven't actually said that. So <laughs> go to supermanscleveland.com. Um, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you can reach out to me directly. Um, my email is valentino.zulo at ursuline.edu, or you can just write to supermanscleveland at gmail.com if you have any questions. But um, I think just, you know, um, everything's free. Um, if that, I haven't, I haven't, don't think I said that, but if you have any questions, I think those are things I would say is that, you know, everything's free. Uh, we'd love to host people here in Cleveland. Um, you know, if anybody has any um, suggestions for other things they'd like to see, I hope this won't be the last time we do this. So even that, like if other people want things to happen, um, I, I'm not going to plan a 27 part event <laughs> next year, but hopefully, um, you know, 
you know, we're thinking about the 90th already. And so, you know, and hopefully we won't, we will do smaller events in between. So I think, you know, I'd love to hear anybody who's interested in things that they might share with us. Um, but like I said, go to supermansclevelandcom check out our events. And um, we will be printing most of the um, interviews and other, with creators in the journal of graphic novels and comics. Um, it's an academic journal that I, I'm the American editor on, it's a British journal and I'm the one of the American editors. And so we'll print a special issue on Superman that um, there will be digital copies online. Um, but academic presses are slow. It'll be about a year. <laughs> but so if you can't make it to Cleveland, wait about a year and you'll, you'll get to read uh, the interviews with the creators. Well, I appreciate you coming and joining me this morning and Hopefully everything goes fantastically well um, and looking forward to seeing it. Um, but yeah, appreciate you coming on this morning. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time, this has been creating pros.